is Angela Cox and I am the Mindset Mentor and this is the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. Now my aim is to discover and share the secrets of success. You'll hear engaging and uplifting interviews with business leaders at the top of their game, all primed to deliver bucketfuls of value and inspiration. We'll bring practical tips success strategies and golden nuggets of motivation to help you unleash your absolute potential. Now please do like, share and leave a review if you love this podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thanks for listening and let's jump in now and meet this week's fabulous guest. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. Now I'm delighted today to be joined by Nathan Ott. He is the co-founder and chief polisher at the GC Index. I'm sure we will find out more about that title. And he really believes that everyone can make an impact in their own world. Now I first met Nathan probably three, four years ago now when I trained in the GC Index and became what is known as a GCologist. And when he first introduced me to the the GC Index, I was blown away by it and have used it ever since. And he and I haven't spoken properly now for, for several months. So I'm looking forward to catching up and finding out what's going on with the business and indeed with you personally. So welcome, Nathan, to the podcast. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Angela. Thank you for having me on. I've seen lots of people on this podcast, very interesting people. So I'm I'm glad that you invited me on to it. So hopefully I can still be as interesting as them as well. <laughs> I am sure you will be fascinating. I can't wait to get under the skin and find out what's going on. Right. You will, you will. You're a game changer and, and a chief polisher. And before we go into your proudest moments, we should just explain what that means. So kind of in a nutshell, your title of chief polisher, what is that all about? Well, it's, yeah, for those that understand the GC index, you'll, you'll know there's five main ways a framework for making an impact basically and there are five ways of, of making an impact and one of those ways is the the polisher which is uh obsessive action people that nice. just want to get things done get things done well so yeah my internal vernacular will be if a job's worth doing it's it's worth doing properly and, and that really underpins a, a polisher and you're probably going to ask me why do i call myself chief polisher well that's really because the traditional constructs and visualization we have for a CEO, I don't fit into. And I, feel very, <laughs> I feel very uncomfortable having that title and, and I call myself chief polisher just lets me be me and people understand the impact I want to make and yeah, makes me happier and makes them happier. It's really refreshing to hear that actually, because so many people that I meet are attached to titles and, and, you know, for many people, getting to the top of an organization or founding an organization and being the CEO is kind of that ultimate mark of validation and approval. And you're just tearing the rule book up there and making it about you and your strengths and how you make an impact. It's brilliant. I just think the expectations of a CEO is somebody that sort of is very strategic, understands the direction of the business, is extremely people focused and, you know, very calm under pressure and very, you know, all that good stuff. And 
can set direction and people understand where they are on following it. And I don't do any of That's that. Not you. <laughs> so, so obviously, if people are expecting that of me and I'm not delivering it, then they're anxious. They, you know, it's making yeah. me anxious. And so, you know, I let others do that bit and, and, I, and, I, and I focus on what I'm good at and then everyone works well together. That, that's the point. Yeah. And it's like authenticity personified, which I really like and really value. Yeah. Now, as I said to you right at the beginning, before we came on air, this podcast is all about giving you the opportunity to be your own cheerleader. And I talk about being able to shake our pom-poms because we don't do this enough as humans. And so I'd really love it today if you would share with us your three proudest moments or three proudest achievements, however you want to look at it. And we'll kind of dig into each one and see where that takes us in the conversation. And I just can't wait to see, because you're looking upwards now, trying to kind of grapple for these three things in your head. (laughs) So let's see what the first one is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice. You caught me by surprise as soon as we come on. So it's great. And I'm sure everyone thinks that, oh, my three proudest moments and people... If they're, if they're sort of understated like myself, really, they'll be, oh, I haven't got any, you know. So let me try and unpick some of those. So, so certainly with, with a, from a family perspective, I think, yeah, the, the, the cliche having, you know, having three kids and being married for God knows how long now, 20, and my wife still staying with me is probably a, a proud moment, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sort of, you know, it's, it, held it, on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's sort of when when someone, you know, you ask someone to marry, and you go, "What you actually like me?" And right, I'll marry you then, and I'm going to stay there and hold on to it. So I think that's definitely a, a proudest moment for me. Is definitely the family side thing. It's extremely important to me. So not to have messed that up so far mm-hmm. is probably a proud moment. How old are the kids? So I've got three, two boys, oldest fourteen and eleven, and mm-hmm. I have a daughter who is seven. Oh, wow. So good very busy. And it's interesting. My wife is also a a polisher, which is quite interesting. So her house is quite an interesting place to be. So, yeah, I think that's a very proud moment to have that that family environment of of people I love and and, and they love me. And that's really nice. And I'd love to dig into that a little bit more, because one of the things that's come into my mind is you set up the GC Index and it's a fairly recent thing. I mean, this company isn't 50 years old. And so... In that environment where you have young children and you are going off and founding a company, and, and that meant that you had to leave corporate in order to do that. Yeah. Where did you find the courage to do that? And then equally, how have you been able to balance that with a family life? Yeah, well, it's interesting. So I so my my background, so I actually left corporate life at the age of 25, so 20 plus years earlier, and founded a company called EG1 with my colleague, Andrew Gray and Mark. And that's when it was in 2003. So my, my wife has been very patient through this, the roller coaster ride of mm. entrepreneurialism, shall we say. Yeah. And I never really thought I was an entrepreneur. I just thought, you know, I, I don't know, but people kept calling me an entrepreneur, but yes. And what comes with that? So there's been 20 yeah. plus years of the classic, no regular income, the highs and the lows, the 24-7 working for all holidays, you know, yes. it's, it's just, you, you know what it's like, right? You know <laughs> exactly what it's like and, and, and it, your, your life becomes intertwined with work. So with EG1, that was going, that's like the ups and downs, the typical ups and downs of, you know, as, as you'd expect. And then 2013, I started this idea for the GC Index 
which was doing that all over again. And I think what we realized when we set up EG1, I didn't have kids, right? I didn't have all those, I don't know, responsibilities. Pre- responsibilities. Let's call them responsibilities. They're enjoyment as well as pressure. But, you know, whether that's, you know, anything from parents' evening to, you know, to, to just being there for homework, for school clubs, all those other demands, yeah. I didn't have it then. So I think certainly with the GC index, we've seen the challenge as a family the last five or six years are much greater than starting up a business when I was 25, 26, for sure. And I think there's a number of things there. You get a bit older, so you you value security a bit more, so my wife does and the family because you've got responsibility. So, so yeah, going months without earning any money in startup phase, it feels a bit riskier, I think, for her. And I think that was a challenge, actually. And that put a lot of pressure on us as a family. It's interesting that you say for her. So it was riskier for her. Yeah. But I'm I'm kind of sensing this belief as well that you knew it was the right thing to yeah. do. So what was driving that? You, see, you know what? It's really interesting because, and you can see that in, you know, the GC index, you know, my profile. And I think only having the GC index, I've realized this because I don't see risk in the same way as my wife. My wife is quite risk adverse. Yes. And we have a very different risk profile, which is which is brilliant, actually, because she does stop me doing things that probably I shouldn't do, Which and, and she's right to do so. But my risk profile is is that I'd, I'd much rather try something and fail yes. than not to try at all. And that can be quite unsettling for certainly my family and my people around me at times, for sure. I mean, I, say it was, I think it was less... That they were more okay with it in our twenties, yeah. When yeah. we had maybe less to lose in their world, I don't know. But for for me, yeah, I had to try this, and it, and it makes perfect sense to me. And we've got to do it. And I think that can, that's been quite unsettling for the family. So the last three or four years, certainly, yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? It does, and it demonstrates a lot of people are walking around at the moment with a fear of failure and a fear of success. And what you're saying there is you're prepared to try things whether you're going to fail or not yeah. and so that that real kind of essence of growth mindset and not just talking about it but actually doing that every day yeah it's unusual well i think so but it, but it is i mean what's the worst that's going to happen i mean yeah. in my mind and i don't want this to say, it's not arrogance it's not at all i'm not an arrogant person it's just i sort of say to myself and in fact, you know, I'm going to go I'm jumping around a bit. I'll say this to my son. My son is really at the most 14. He's got all the sort of the, the, the pressures and the challenges and the unknown of going to do GCSEs and all that. And he thinks he's not good enough and all that sort of stuff. And I, and I think for me, when I look at the business, I think look, it's a pandemic, but I, I think I'm quite good. Yeah, I think I'm quite clever and I'm quite adaptable. I can do most things. If I'm going to struggle, then... God help 99.9% of the rest of the world, right? Because, you know, if, if I'm going to be in trouble, then... And I've always sort of taken that view. It's little bits like, no, really nervous, but do my driving test. Yeah, so I'm 70. Oh, can I do it? Can I? And I'm thinking, I took a step back and went, there's like 20 million people can drive in the UK. I'm pretty sure I can be one of those. You know, it's, it's just taking that sort of stuff. And I'm trying, trying to instill that into my son as well. It's sort of, he's like really nervous about doing his GCSEs and stuff. I'm like... You know, if, if you're just about to get to the exam room, it's going to be over in two hours, one way or the other. Yeah, so just do it. You know, you can't change it. And, and, and it's that sort of mentality in my mind. I try and rationalise that it's going to be all right. If we fail, it's okay. As long as I'm alive, mm. I've got a roof over our heads, you know. But 
I think if I look at my family, they're more worried about what they're going to lose if it goes wrong. Yes. Whereas I'm not. I'm the nail of, on the head. Yeah. Does that make sense? And it's so helpful for people to understand that because one of the questions I often get asked is, you know, how do I develop self-belief? And it is a choice that you make. And what you're demonstrating here is that you make the choice, but there are a few things in how you decide that. So you're looking for evidence as to why it's going to be okay. Yes. When you're talking about these 20 million people that can already drive, that's evidence that it's doable. So it's not like you're trying to do something that's never been done before. But also that idea of what's the worst that can happen? Great question in that scenario. And And I guess if you look at your profile and we go back to the GC index, what part of the GC index do you think is actually driving you to operate in that way? Well, I think it's a combination because you're seeing the GC index, which is quite empowering, is that you you get scores for those that don't know. You you get scores out of 10. There are five main ways of making an impact and you you get scores one to 10. And naturally, people go, oh, I need to get 10 to be good. Yes, I hear that all the time. And that's such a nonsense, right? So what you see in the GC index is that a low score can be a strength and a weakness. A high score can be a strength and a weakness. So I have a really low score for what's called strategists, right, in the GC index. So strategists want to make sense of the world. They're really good at articulating, making the messy unmessy. They're very good at articulating visions. Mine's really low. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's part of the strength because I don't let strategy constrain me. Yeah. I don't let arbitrary rules and the things that, you know, When the pandemic hit, my colleague, Simon, he's a big strategist implementer in our our terminology. And I'm not. I'm the other side of the model. He said, oh, this is going to be bad for business. You know, I've been through the dot-com crisis. I've been through the financial collapse, blah, blah, blah. This is only going to be bad for business, right? Because he's a strategist. And he looks at things that are patterns and trends that he's familiar with and tries to make sense of this. Whereas this is a global pandemic, you can't really make sense that we've never been through this before. So I saw it as opportunity. I'm like, can't change it, right? You know, it's, we can't. It's a global pandemic, right? So, you know, we can't change it. So where is the opportunity here? And I just saw it as an opportunity for the business, for helping our partners, helping our community. And, and that seems to have gone through. But so to answer your question, definitely that the game changer polisher side of my of my profile, which is that blend of imagination and obsession. Yeah. And I'm not the most structured, as your listeners will now see. <laughs> You'll go anywhere, right? So and that's, that's, you know, my poor wife. I mean, crikey. Yeah, she gets this all the time. But it will be that side. It'll be that need for possibilities and perfection yeah. in any measure. And what's fascinating for me listening to you is I was speaking to someone with your profile yesterday But that game changer polisher, big scores and then lower scores on the others. And he said exactly the same thing about the pandemic and the way that he viewed it as this huge opportunity. So what we can see there is, you know, whatever the profile is, just does to a certain extent determine the way that you show up in the world and the way that you think about things, which I think is brilliant. Yeah, because we're not talking about personality. Obviously, no. we, we work very closely with personality tools. We complement these traditional personality frameworks that people have had. And I think the Game Changer Polish is an interesting one because we tread a fine line between excitement and anxiety. Yes. Yeah. So that that we, we hit things could be exciting, but we could, we worry. I worry a lot. I'm a big worrier. Yeah. And I think that's why I've built in those those mental ways of stop me from worrying. So if I feel like I can't do something. I'll just take a step back and go, look, 
there's a there's 100 million people that can drive or there's there's this many people that you know there's there's a regardless if i fail this yeah i'm still going to be pretty all right you know there's that sort of confidence that i have otherwise i will have to worry about everything you know yeah it's so on a scale of one to ten where ten is death Oh, yeah, we're I'm, I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not, not too bad. I'm going to eat tomorrow, you know. So if I take comfort in that, you can always, yeah. provide you can get some food in your belly and have shelter, then you can always live to fight another day. And that's kind of where I always get back to. So I love this. We start with being proud of family and then we go on this whistle-stop tour and, and cover loads of different things. Yeah, thanks for taking me on this journey. I'll enjoy myself. So number two then. Number two, proudest moment. What have you got for me? Big sigh. <laughs> And Nathan's eyes are going up again, searching. Yeah, I'm searching. I mean, I, one thing you'll, people know about me, I, I really don't make good eye contact as well. And I've always got told off for not making good eye contact. But You're doing it great. My challenge is if I'm looking at someone's face, I can't concentrate because I'm looking at their features of their face. I'm looking at if they're wearing glasses, look at the colour of their hair, and it's just, just disturbing me. So I always look away and people think I'm being rude, but I'm just trying to concentrate. So... It all ties up into a number of things. I'm very proud of what we've done with the GC Index. And that, that's why my eyes were, were going around. But I think ultimately, what am I proud of? I'm proud of now, certainly in the last five or six years, of actually just being myself. I'm not sure if that makes sense to you. But proud of that. We like that. Authenticity. I feel comfortable with being myself. I think that's, that's kind of where I've got to. I mean, I spent school and growing up and just not being myself. And I struggle with that. You know, I try to try to pronounce my H's properly and, you know, make sure I wore a suit. And now I found being myself. And if I can help people at the age of 16, 17, 18 onwards to find that quicker than me, I'd love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've always been a bit awkward. Yeah. But now I quite like being awkward. So I remember I've got a colleague of mine, Andrew, if he's listening. So Andrew is much more classically trained than I am. We set EG1 up together. So he's ex-Arthur Anderson's, you know, we move him to the search world. He's ex-Hydrogen Struggles. He's suits. He's clipped accents, you know, and he's very, very professional. And we used to go into some of our client meetings. And before I used to walk through the door, he'd go, well, Nathan. And I said, yes, okay, Andrew, I won't be myself. <laughs> And it's oh. we've, no, we've been mates and great business partner. We've been, we've been working together and we obviously still going now since 99. We've always worked together. So it's not like, you know, we, we can have that authenticity between the pair of us. But yeah, it's don't, don't be yourself. And yeah, it's, it's, I think the last five years, the GC index has allowed me to be myself. And I think that's probably, is it my proudest moment? Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I find it hard to be proud about it. But if I rolled all of the GC index up into one, yeah, I think must for starts off with me being myself because that's allowed me then to let other people be themselves as well. So that's probably why it's my proudest, second proudest moment. And Brock's so much success. I think, you know, reflecting on what you've said, one of the things that I noticed when you first came into the consulting firm I worked in is the fact that you stood out for being the version of you that you are. And there was no apology for that. Yeah. But actually in doing that, you fitted in perfectly as well. That authenticity shines through. And of course you surround yourself with people. And I noticed this who compliment your energy, but also fill the gaps. Yes. So obviously you work very closely with John, who's the psychologist behind the GC index. And the two of you came together and just 
kind of created this energy of, of partnership that filled in all of the gaps. And that's what I really valued about you and your business and the fact that you, you're able to do that and not making it all about you. Yeah, well, th- thank you. I mean, that's, I'm, <laughs> I'm very, if you're going to get me on the psychologist couch, you know, and set me up, I'm, I'm a hugely introverted empath, right? <laughs> so, um, but, but that's from a personality perspective. So thank you for that. I mean, I, I do, yeah, I, I do want to make sure I surround myself with people that are way better at the stuff than I am. And do, do you know what? For any of those people that are setting up their own business or thinking about setting up their own business, there's also a realisation through this process that, so Andrew and I, we sort of set up at EG1, sort of the first business, and we always struggled to get that to scale. We always struggled. We got so far and then it, it went up and down. It was with a yo-yo business. It was almost like a 15-year-old startup and until recently. And we realised that we were not business people. Yeah, we realised we were entrepreneurs. We were brilliant at that new first idea, getting around, getting it off the ground. You know, street fighting, you know, ducking and diving, creating <laughs> something. But when it started to get a bit bigger and scale it, that wasn't us. And I think we brought in some individuals into both businesses, the GC mm. and EG One, that were just very complementary to us from that business building. And yeah, that's it. the last year and a half, two years, it's been fantastic to watch the businesses scale and we can be ourselves. People always ask me, what's my tips? It's, yeah, get someone that can help you scale your business. I think that, that was definitely the, the, tip, the thing that we learned. Probably wish I'd learned it 15 years ago. Oh, I need to learn that every day of the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an element yeah. of that. Let me dig into this then. So being able to bring in all of those other people and to have someone else to help you scale the business. How did you overcome the trust element of that and being able to let go or hold more lightly to this thing that was your baby? It's really, it's really interesting actually, because we, we, we see it also clearly now through the GC index, right? Which as, as a framework and we can just see the impact that we want to make. Yeah. And what we're good at and what we're not so good at. So I'm a, I'm a game changer polisher. I know what I'm good at. Yeah, I know what sort of creative solutions. We, I'm, I'm really good at making things better, improving those, and you know that that's what I'm good at. But when it comes to putting a plan together, a five year strategy, communicating <laughs> that to everyone else, delivering stuff that's just good enough because we've got you to can, you business. can feel it in your voice. You're like, oh, oh I mean, it's so dull, right? <laughs> I'll do it, but that's not. And, and we've seen this so often yeah. in, in the world of work. I mean, how often are the best salespeople then promoted to sales managers and rubbish at it? And the, the <laughs> best technical people, you know, are then promoted to be the, the, the technology managers and then rubbish at it. All that good stuff, right? I mean, yeah. and it's that, it's that sort of stuff. And I think for me, people know how to get the best value out of me now and where I'm energized, yeah? And they don't want me running around pretending to be this strategist and implementer and this people person, making sure, get someone else to do that who enjoys it. And you see it in successful startups and successful business. Bill Gates is not a CEO, right? Okay, James Dyson is not a CEO, yeah? Okay, because that's not what they are energized to do. I get the best out of them. And I think that's, that's the bit that I've learned. And the GC just helps that, accelerates that. You know, it's like what did Mother Teresa say? Something like, you know, you can do things that I can't do. I can do things that you can't do, but together we'll do great things. And it's that, oh, it's that yeah. mantra. Yeah. Nice. So it's not a threat to you. It's, no. it's actually allows you to be even better because you're focusing on what you're great at. 
Yeah, and I think that's where we help with the GCD. It helps founders or it helps those let go because it's really, you know, certainly for, for those in senior leadership and they start to feel exposed because they've worked really hard to get there or, you know, they're, 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 they're proud to be there. And and then to feel exposed in, in a senior leadership position for not being good at something, you know, that that's not, that's not necessarily the, right, the best thing for them to feel. But if you show them, you know, this is what you're good at. This is the type of leader you will be. This is the type of impact you're going to make as a leader. And it's completely valued here. So don't worry about the stuff that you're not as good at. Someone yeah. else can do that. Then everyone wins. Everyone feels empowered. So, yeah, that, that's... Totally. I'm not sure where this conversation's gone, but is that, is that okay for you? I'm just conscious. I'm of loving it. It's brilliant because it's insightful. And, you know, we start off with authenticity. There's one thing I wanted to touch on around the authenticity piece, yeah. which I think is interesting. So when I first did my GC index, where when was this? Maybe four years ago. Yeah. I was very much working in a way where I was wearing a mask. So yeah. not my authentic self and not feeling like I had permission to be that. And my GC index was strategist nine, implementer six, I think, and then fairly low scores, including a two on the polisher. Yeah. Since moving, having this big life transformation, dealing with mental health challenges and, and doing what I love, having redone the GC index recently, my strategist has remained the same, but my polisher score has gone from a two to a nine. Wow. Okay. Wow, wow, wow. What do you make of that? Well, I kind of think about it from a who I was before and this idea of who I felt I needed to be. And yeah. I think I've probably, from an energy perspective, was being somebody that I wasn't in order to fit in. Yeah. Now I'm free to be who I am. And I feel like I've probably gone through the GC index as the new version of me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's demonstrated actually that I've got energy in areas that I never had the yeah. ability to have energy in before. Yeah. Because it wasn't acceptable. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's really fascinating because we're seeing that with the GC. We change. Yeah. Right. I mean, we've been, we've, you know, you, you get all of these individuals that say, oh, if it changes, then it can't be a stable instrument, which is absolutely a, a nonsense, really, in some ways, because we've been steeped or seduced, whichever one you want to say, well, this world of personality for the last 50 years, right? And what we've found with the GC index is that through all the tests, retests, validity, it's extremely stable, yeah, and, and proclivity arguably more, more stable than, than personality. But we do change. It is a moment in time. And human beings aren't always stable, right? For whatever reason. And you know, we we do see changes and and often those changes and most of the time those changes are are explainable. We understand why they are. And and if you're in a position where you're trying to be something that you're not, you're trying to conform, you're trying to fit in, you will see that reflected in your profile. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we we see it quite often. You know, we we get somebody that might have had a, a profile and their game changer was a six in their role. And it might move up to a seven or the rest relatively stays the same. Like you said, your strategy stayed the same and the game changer will go up and you ask them the question, why is that? And they just turn around, well, I feel more confident now. I feel yeah. more confident about expressing this now. And, and it's wonderful. It's so, you know, this is, you asked me about my proudest moments. I, mean, I started off with myself being myself, but that's because we've heard all these other stories about other people just finding themselves and unleashing themselves. And so proud of that. I mean, yeah, we've got, I've got my colleagues going, how much money are we going to make? You know, it's a business and blah, blah. And I don't really care, right? I'm not interested. <laughs> I don't. I mean, that, that, again, probably 
Your wife does. My wife will do. I mean, she's all right now. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, we're talking, we're, we're, we've got an established business now. But I don't really care. I've always felt that money is a byproduct, right? So I've never, again, back to my point, so long as I've got you know, enough to fill my belly and food and a roof over my head, then I'm all right. But John and I are quite similar in this. And if the GC index stops today, for whatever reason, we'll be very proud that we've changed a lot of people's lives. And it's great. And, and like your story, you know, it, it's great. I, I wasn't myself here. I was de-energized here. I was pretending to be something I'm not. It was impacting me in all sorts of ways. I probably recognize now, but didn't recognize then. Absolutely. Now I can see myself. This is me. This is how I want to make an impact. And I'm energized by it. It's great. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. And it's funny. It's that thing around, you know, like you say, you're an entrepreneur and you have to work all the hours still. And, you know, all the holidays are interrupted, but it never feels like it did when you're in corporate because you're choosing to do it this way. And you've got the autonomy. So it feels very different. Yeah, when I had a young lady the other day, and she was a very, in our, in our world, a very strong implementer. She had quite a high strategist proclivity and not a lot elsewhere. And I sort of say to her, what, what, what are you valued for? And she goes, oh, I'm valued for getting things done and, you know, safe pair of safe hands. Safe pair of hands, yeah. You know, and I said, do you, do you like being valued for that? She said, yeah, I do, yeah, yeah, I do value for that. But I said, you've got this strategist proclivity here. I said, is that being valued at the moment? She goes, well, not really. I'm not very confident. I don't think I'm good enough at this. And, and I just sort of say to her, don't you think that's a shame? You know, you are an extremely talented young lady. You I mean she just literally come back from maternity leave, so she's skipped back into work without skipping a beat. I mean, all I mean, amazing. First child, got back into work, had a good job, and sitting there saying, well, I'm not sure if I'm very good at this. And you think, what a shame. You know, if I could unlock this individual that is clearly really, really talented, but is having self-doubt through this framework, brilliant. For me, that that's just great, you know, and, and if I can then empower a whole army, army print the right word, but a whole collection of individuals of GCologists to do the same, we can make yeah. a difference. And that, it that, does that. make a difference. Yeah. The, the, what you've just described is exactly how I use it in my work to get people from that place of self-doubt to unleashing their full potential. Yeah. And it is kind of the the lens that you can look through to understand why somebody isn't necessarily being their self or why they're in a state of burnout because they're working in an area where they don't have natural energy. And it's a fascinating tool on an individual basis as much as it is on an organizational front. So I think what you've created for your third proudest moment, it is absolutely making a difference to people. And those aha moments that it creates. And I know your book is called Coaching me, coaching you, aha. Yeah, yeah, that's a good story. So we got that. It was originally, it was called 21st Century Impact. And we just thought, (laughs) that was the working title. And John and I were sitting there going, oh, it's a bit dull. And and I thought, well, typical me, up at two o'clock in the morning, just writing down, you know, potential names. I've got the list somewhere. I don't know if I've got it on right, right here, right now. But we started then to... I made a load of lists and we were out with EG1 crowd actually and just having a, a, a drink or something to eat. And I said, look, I've got a bunch of names here. I've got it. I've got it here actually. I've got some names for the book and it's all about coaching. I want to be a bit different. So I started to reel off a bunch of things like only fools and coaches and I'm in the mood for coaching or coach club or no country for old coaches or something. It was all film titles and stuff like this. And then I just went, coaching me, coaching you, they went, aha, together. (laughs) And that was it. So we said, that's the one. And that's how it came about. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I love it. And that's out there and people can buy it, which they is... They can, they can. Now, I've got the final killer question for you. So let's see what a game changer polisher makes of this question. In your view and in your experience, what's the absolute secret to success? What is the absolute secret to success? Well, I don't think there's one. I can't. I can't. (laughs) If we knew that, then we we would all. So there's two things. One is I've always looked at people that are, are older than me or have gone through experiences, you know, so. I've always looked at how can I learn? So it is, I've, I quote this a few times. I wish I knew what I know now when I was younger. That's that Rod Stewart song, I think. If you can sort of get that from other people, that really helps. Learn from other people's experiences, I think that is, the, and, and, and apply them to yourselves. But the thing that's resonating with me right now is whether you think you can or whether you think you can't. You're right. You're, you're, you're right. That, was that, that the guy who developed the cars? Was it Henry Ford, was it? Henry Ford, yeah. For me, that's just, I mean, I've been saying that to my son quite a bit now, you know, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, either way, you're going to be right. We're going to convince ourselves, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think just just learning from that really is the success. But yeah, everyone's going to have their own journey. You've got your own journey, yeah. But I think you've nailed it with that quote, absolutely. It goes back to your first proud moment, that idea that, you wake up every day and even if there's doubt there you choose to believe in yourself yeah and it's part of that is that decision making that i'm going to do it and it's going to be okay yeah and that's not easy right so don't, no it's the oh, hardest oh, thing in the world oh, it's why i'm employed exactly. <laughs> what exactly i'm not jumping trust me i'm not jumping out of bed every morning going right <laughs> sometimes i'm going oh my well, a lot of the time I'm going, oh, my God, here we go again. What can I do? And those little baby steps of getting yourselves out of bed, you know, trying to put a different tracksuit on to the one you put on the day before will be quite good. You know, that sort of stuff. Of course, we're all going through that. But as I say, if you, if you think you can or if you think you can't, either way you're going to be right is, is what I'm, I'm working with at the moment. It's simple, not easy, but something we can all work towards. Exactly, exactly. Oh, Nathan Ott, you authentic genius. It has been a pleasure to talk to you and find out a little bit more about you and the GC Index. And if people want to know more and get the GC Index into their organisation, how can they do that? Well, they can contact you, Angela, oh. firstly. I mean, that's that's the best way of doing so, probably the easiest way. So that'll be the best way of doing so. You obviously can look at the GCindex.com, but I recommend if you're listening to this podcast and you enjoy this podcast and want to find out more about the GC Index, contact Angela. That'll be my my advice. There we go. You're wonderful. Thank you very much. It has been a joy. Thank you for giving your time. And I can't wait to see what comes next because I know you'll have a game-changing thing up your sleeve. Yeah, every day. Every day we're polishing. So we're fine. There'll be (laughs) something new. There'll be something. Thank you so much, Angela. That went really, went really quickly. And yeah, I enjoyed it. So hope everyone else did too. Thanks very much. I do hope that you enjoyed listening to the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. If you did, be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links. For more about me, visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk. Now, I'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode. And do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed. Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.